Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I am joined here with my daughter, Paige Peck Baumert. Hi, Paige. Well, hello. All right, today, Paige, we are going to be talking about the levels of communication. We're going to dive deeper into how people communicate with each other and how we can do better at it. And of course, we're going to look at these levels of communication through the lens of self government. So self government is when a person decides ahead of time what type of effects they want for their actions in their life and then they take deliberate steps to get those effects that they want. And so we are going to be talking about how can we communicate better? How can we bond with people better? How can we get more out of those relationships? And what does communicating better look like? Yes, what does it look like so that we can be sure to do it? Because it's one thing to talk about what it is. It's another thing to make it make sense. But before we do that, as is our custom, we are going to share a fun family activity page. What family activity do you have for us today? Oh, it's such a good one. Uh, this is something that I loved doing when you were younger. We didn't do it too often, but um, every now and then, especially in the summer, you would take us all ice blocking. And if you aren't familiar with what ice blocking is, it's basically sledding in the summer. So you purchase an ice block for each participating person and you bring a towel. You fold up said towel, stick it on top of said ice block, sit on it, and ride down a hill. You've Preferably find a grassy the perfect, hill. Yeah, you've got to find the, the right hill. It doesn't work on dirt. No. It's got to be grassy. Yes. <laughs> so, and the cool thing is, is if the grass is nice and warm, you know, mm-hmm. or even better, if the grass has been watered, that can work out <laughs> very nice. Yeah, exactly. So if the grass is nice and warm, then your, your ice block's going to get on there and just start melting a little bit as you go down. And you can have oftentimes a couple of hours of fun. With before ice the block. ice block is totally gone. I mean, at least a good hour. Depends on how hot it is where you're at. Yeah. This is something that we did when I was young. There was this huge hill at this park by our house. It was a, this huge park called Flatiron Mesa. And, and it was like had a huge flat top on the park. There was the lower level and the upper level. And it was like going up a mesa to the top. And that's why that was the name of the park. <laughs> and me and my friends would go and pay, you know, a dollar and get an ice black block and get an old towel. And we do that. And I remember one time you wanted to do something fun with a friend and you were like, what should we do? And I said, well, we could go ice blocking. And you were like, well, what's that? And so then we started doing that, which was fun. Yeah, that was super fun. Probably one of my favorite memories. Yeah, it's a, it's a wild and crazy time. And just so you know, people can crash, you know, and stuff. <laughs> Ice you're really are just not, not that big. You're not that high up, but you could fall. You could roll. You could, it's fairly safe, you know, for the most part. But um, I think there was one point where we did do it like with two blocks. So it was a little bit wider, especially for people with wider hips. Yeah, the only problem is sometimes they don't stay together, then you got a problem. (laughs) But it's just, that's the fun part of it, you know? You just figure it out. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the levels of communication. This was something we mentioned on a previous 
podcast. And we thought, hey, that would be a fun thing for us to talk about here. Mm-hmm. Because everything about self-government has to do with how we're communicating with other people. Because none of the goals that we have for ourselves usually just relate to us. But they impact other people around us. Even if, if we want to be a calmer person, then it goes back to communication. If we want to accomplish something in our employment or in a relationship, well, communication is usually always involved. Anyway, so um, so let's talk about what happens oftentimes in communication because a lot of times there's problems when people communicate with each other and they want something more, but they just don't seem to get it. So I just want to share a little time in my own life. There was a time when, Paige, this may come as a shock to you, but anyway, actually, I don't know if it will. Um, but there was a time when me and dad didn't communicate very well. It was kind of like we were living in our own different islands. I mean, it was like we, you know, people use that term ships passing in the night. It was like, he had all these jobs. I was doing foster care and taking care of you guys when you were little. And, and we would just be passing in the hallway, like, Hey, Hey, you know I mean? It was like, I'm actually not too surprised. Yeah. We happening, especially early on. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it was just like we were busy and there was so much happening and he was doing school and two jobs and I was doing homeschool and foster care and running the whole household and trying to manage all the financial things and just everything else. And I was doing part-time jobs on the side that I had made up for myself, like businesses. This was, this was the poverty years, you know, (laughs) anyway, um, which is totally fine. Everyone's got to have those. They build character. They're good, good things. Anyway, um, but at that time, it, it was just, there was no attachment. And I shouldn't say no, because we loved each other deeply, Minimum. but I felt, but I felt sorrow. Like I would be with them and I would be like, who are you? Where are we? How come I feel sorrow? You know? Mm-hmm. And, and there would be this grieving kind of feeling like, where's my guy? You know, where's, yeah. where's that, where's that bond and connection that we had just a little while before? Why does busyness have to create this lack of talking? And dad would be so tired. He would sometimes come home. He'd lay down on the floor and he would fall asleep. Do you remember when he used to do that? I mean, and he would sleep sometimes for the whole night. I would leave him on the floor. Because it was like, he was just so wiped out and he probably yeah. truly was eating too much candy and not enough vegetables, but that's a whole <laughs> other thing. Okay. I mean, we can talk about other sources of energy, et cetera, et cetera, but oh we won't be talking about eating your greens today, even though that's always a good idea. Um, <laughs> but he would crash out on the floor and he would just be so tired and we would get hardly any conversation some days. And I just felt like, what is going on? This is not how it's supposed to be. And this was also at a time when dad and I were not having our regular meetings like we should. Hmm. I mean, this was a period of months going by and it kind of like went and then we fixed it pretty good. And then it happened again. And then, you know, there were just certain times of the year that I felt like this would occur. But I, I found myself going, this isn't how it's supposed to be. So what does it look like when you're not having good communication or deeper level communication with your children? It looks like, you know, you ask them a question. So how was school today? Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are you working on for uh, stuff? Nothing much. 
Yeah, it's just like nothing goes anywhere. You try to start a conversation and you're like, do they even want to be with me? I am very <laughs> confused, you know? And, and yeah. it's like, wait a minute, we have a relationship and I want our relationship to go to meaningful conversation because people say, let's have meaningful conversation with each other. That's good for our family. But then for some reason, it's not happening. And it's so frustrating. And people will say, how do I get my child to talk to me? How do I get my husband to open up to me? How come we don't have open communication? Mm -hmm. And so um, that's what we're talking about today. How, what can we understand about communication so that we can help take it to the next level? So Paige, you're a newlywed, which yes. means that you're probably going to get your own moments in life where you get to say, hmm, I think we should be communicating better. I mean, you and your husband right mm -hmm. now get to figure this out, right? So yeah, no, we actually went through something not, not even a week ago. It was a few days ago where we, um, I realized I was just feeling super overwhelmed with everything that I was doing because I just started school back up again. And I'm also doing early morning work and um, another thing on the side and trying to do school classes and homework and try and be a housewife, you know, cause that's one of my desires is to be a homemaker. And so I, and you know, I would see that I would be trying to do all these things and I would notice that not, you know, like some of the things that I was wanting or envisioning was not happening. And so I'm like, Ugh, okay. And so I was frustrated for a number of days and I'm just like, okay, I need to talk about this with him. And so I wrote out all of my thoughts so that I would have them in a clear order, <laughs> clearly presented. And, um, and then I said, here, Joseph, I want to read this to you. Cause if I felt like if I just gave him this four page long thing that described everything I was frustrated at, it might not go over well. So I'm like, I want to read this to you. Well, what you really were saying is, is you had, you guys were going, I mean, both of you are busy people, right? Yeah. You're doing a lot of things. You're working hard. You're trying to start your family and you were starting to have some disconnection and you're mm -hmm. like, I don't like this. And so you were trying to figure out a way to have better connection. And the idea was that you came up with this letter to go to a deeper level, right? Right. Right. And so I, I kind of pre-taught him and I said, Hey, I have some things I want to talk to you about. Um, when can I sit down and have a chat with you? Um, and so we set up a time and we sat down and I read it to him. You know, he was being very open-minded because uh, that's what we discussed, you know, that this particular time would be for. And at the end, he's like, okay, thank you for telling me that. Um, can I get a copy of that? I'm going to reread it, make some notes and come back to you with an action plan. I said, yeah, for sure. So I printed it out for him because I typed it up. And um, a couple days later, wasn't it? Yeah, he came back and said, hey, so I went through. Um, do you have a time where we can sit down and chat? So he pre taught me. And so we sat down and he said, okay, well, here's where I can help or I can improve here. I can help out here. Um, here's some things that maybe you misunderstood that I want to clear up here. Um, but overall, this is what I'm thinking. So he finished. And I said, wow, yeah, I like that. Let's do what you proposed. And so we were able to 
effectively and calmly communicate without taking things personally on how we could both improve our relationship together. And it was awesome. Honestly, I mean, that's a really powerful couples meeting that you had there, right? And yeah. And I should even call it a couple's counseling session. It's like you initiated your own counseling session and you went to the deepest level of communication. And, and that's the thing that makes a difference is that you knew what level you had to get to. You had to get to that, that deepest level of communication so that both of you could be able to get on the same page, could have some bonding, could understand each other better. That and could have level a change of heart. And that's the biggest thing because the deepest level of communication should be touching into the heart for sure. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So let's talk about these levels of communication. So there are four levels of communication. The first level of communication is the pleasantries. Okay. Or surface level. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can call it surface level communication. So this is the one where you use it all the time. Hi, how you doing? Um, oh, do you like working here? You know, or whatever. Are you able to find everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, the checker statement at the yeah. cash register. Yeah. So and stuff like that. that. You know, how you doing? Right. Oh, good to see you. You know, all these little things. And when somebody walks in the door from work, right, then you're like, oh, hey, how are you, honey? You know, that kind of a thing. And so it, it's just really, it's the pleasantries. It's the little things that you say to anybody when you see them. Small talk. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely the small talk. Fine weather we're having, isn't it? You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, it's hard, you know, and even fine weather might be going into the second stage, but like, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of surface, right? So though, and, and though that level of communication, when you were at the first level of communication, it's initiation level. That's the moment where you say, mm -hmm. I'm going to initiate a conversation. I'll start something right here and let's see where it can go. Some people can't make it past initiation. Some people will start a conversation. Hi, how are you? And then they can't talk to you afterward. And you're like, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. And <laughs> some people in there, some people won't even do that one. Hardly. They're so tired. They'll shut you down. My husband did that a bit and I had to talk to him about it. I'm like, we got, we're not even getting off the ground here. Yeah, you no, know? I had, I had one lady, I was ringing her up at my job and I'm like, Hey, how are you? Or like, how's your day been? She's like, please don't talk to me. I'm not in the mood. I'm like, okay. There you go. She's just like, that's it. I'm not even doing level one. Yep. I am like, pulling a hundred percent back and I'm not going to communicate with anybody right now. I mean, you know, you could say, wow, that's super selfish, but who knows? You never know what's going on. Right. Yeah. And maybe she's got a lot in her mind that she's got to sort out or something like that. And she just doesn't even want to initiate communication, but that's the starting step that people mm -hmm. usually, every time you see someone, it's the, Oh, hi. Oh, there you are. Oh, how was that? Da, 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 da. Welcome home. Something like that, that we start the communication and we hope it's going to take off from the ground. In fact, I think when children are young, they really struggle with this because it takes so much guts just to start the communication. Like I'm thinking of girls and boys in junior high and high school, you know, 
it like takes so much guts to go start the communication with each other. And then after that, they end up going, ah, and they don't know what to do next. Like, and it's a struggle. Finish talking about the video game everyone's playing. Now what do we talk about? <laughs> yeah, well, and that even might have gone to second level if you're talking about the video game that people are playing. But some people just don't even know what to do next. They're hoping someone else will take right. over. You know, they're like, please. Ask me something. I started something I can't finish. I am in a pit. I don't know how to do this. So anyway, that's level one is the pleasantries. And you do have to help a person learn how to navigate the, the social skills. I mean, we're talking about social skills here. Okay. So these levels of communication sure. directly relate to our social success. All right. And if the wrong level of communication is used at the wrong time, then socially you end up putting yourself in a little bit of danger. Okay, so, um, so good social skills start with pleasantries, um, but then hopefully you can move on. And if your children can't, you're going to have to help them know what to do next. So second level of communication is stating the facts. Stating the facts, okay? So, I mean, it's fine whether we're happy, having, you know, is stating a fact, I guess. And that's, again, another a slight hope at, like, can we talk about weather and then maybe like, move hey, into something you else? comment on that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. What a nice painting, you know, or whatever. It's like you're trying to find something, or maybe you might say to a family member something like, oh, you're home, you know, um, you're home, like, tell me what happened to practice, you know, or something mm -hmm. like that. Or you might say something like, how was your day? Um, and tell me, tell me what's going on. Or somebody might say, oh, the traffic was really bad on the way home today, you know, mm -hmm. or something like that. So these types of things, or like, hey, mom, I need money for my dance class. Or, or hey, mom, can you bring me this? <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. So so that is level two communication, stating the facts. And this level of co communication usually has to happen. Many people can't get to the next levels unless they feel like they've had a little bit of, um, a, a little bit of time in that level. So let's say somebody wants to talk to you about something touchy, okay? Uh, something deep and personal, but maybe they're not your spouse, they're not your sibling, they're not your parents, so they're not really, well, e even they could be, okay? But <laughs> they don't have a good habit of talking to you on a deep level, then they're going to come to you and they're going to be like, Hey, how are you doing? How was that test you had? You know, did, did you do okay on it? I kind of struggled on the test myself. Da, 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 da. I was hoping this and this, and then they might all of a sudden go to this next level of communication, which is level three, which is how you feel. Hmm. How you that feel. That one can so get messy. That one can get very messy, especially if you stop there. Yeah. If you stop there, you can have lots of problems. So, um, but it's an important one because many people feel like they need to talk about it. Some people don't know how to do that one very good though. It's true. Yeah, sometimes people, when they, when they feel like they need to tell someone how they feel, they disregard the other person completely. Emotional and so then they moment. just... Yeah, then they vomit all over them emotionally, um, drag them through the mud, tear them down, they say mean things, point fingers, they're not kind, right, at all. And so you can tell someone how you feel and still 
value the other person, be kind to the other person. Be respectful to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is some of the feelings are like, you know what? I am just so tired. Maybe that's more stating the facts. Is <laughs> but, um, but, you know, or just, or just something like, I, I really feel like we, you know, we should do this or whatever. Maybe you're getting some sort of a special like nudge in a certain direction. But a lot of times it's how you feel about that other person is the types mm-hmm. of feeling conversations that people have, how you feel about your relationship, how you feel about your communication, how you feel about your finances, how you feel about, you know, the way that the family's eating and their eating style or habits. <laughs> habits. Yeah. <laughs> habits. Anyway, that kind of thing. So, um, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, when you get into that area, if the person is not ready, then the person actually ends up usually taking the defensive. It's very common that when one person goes to feeling, the other person jumps on the defensive as if they're being attacked. And it's super common. It's like a habit that many people create. And this is because many people don't share their feelings well. I say, I think it's like a social defense mechanism. Either they overshare or they don't share at all. Yeah. And if they overshare or they share without taking the other person into consideration at all when they're sharing, or they don't share at all, meaning they put up walls, which technically is sharing because you're like, well, but that's also not putting the other person in consideration either, especially if there's someone you should be sharing with. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So if a person does either one of those things, then what happens is the other person always feels like they did something wrong. Right. So then if the other person finally is like, okay, I'm going to share my feelings. Then the other person in the relationship is like, Oh, what did I do? Oh, great. Everything's (laughs) always pointed at me that I, yeah. What didn't I do? What? Yeah, exactly. And so it just feels hostile usually. Many people cannot take it. Some people will judge other people in this situation mm-hmm. they, they, because they feel misused. They feel manipulated. So the, this level three is hard for people to get right. It's hard because, to navigate, yeah. Yeah, because level three is something that we want. We want other people to know how we feel. We want them to know if we're concerned or afraid or worried or we're like, you might be, you maybe shouldn't do that right? I'm feeling like I need to warn you about this, right? Or whatever. I mean, this is, this is the level where it's like you care enough to really share what's going on inside and how that relates to the other person. But if that other person isn't ready, or if you don't do it right, if you do it in a condescending way, in a, I'm a victim kind of a way, then you're going to blow it. So what makes it the good way, the, the right way? And it's a word that many of us, I'm sure are acquainted with but the word is charity Hmm, that can be hard yeah can you share your feelings with a spirit of charity which means with the spirit of understanding and with the spirit of valuing the other person even wanting to hear back what the other person feels not Mm -hmm. just dumping your own feelings on somebody else but recognizing that their say in this is actually going to be valuable to you yeah, especially if you're going to them for advice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, so that's level three, sharing your feelings. And 
there are ways that you can share your feelings. In fact, one way that's a really good way to share your feelings that we teach in the Teaching Self-Government program is we teach a skill called disagreeing appropriately. And this, especially for people who have a habit of being strong-willed with stuff like this or emotionally dumping, so nice. It's like the perfect skill because it streamlines it. You can still share the feeling. And it gives it a format. It gives it a format so that you remember to care about the other person. So Mm -hmm. what you do is you look at the person, you keep a calm face, voice, and body. And by the way, if you can't look at a person when you're dumping your feelings on them, they automatically feel disconnected from you. So that is not the way to go, right? They consider themselves a victim. Well, because they technically are being when you're Mm -hmm. disconnected like that. So you look at them, you keep a calm face, voice, and body. And then you say that you understand their point of view. So you say, I know. Or I understand that this is, you know, where you're coming from or what you think or what, what your upbringing was like or, you know, whatever the situation has to be. You, you show that you care. It's called empathy. <laughs> it's kindness. You show you care. And then you move on to the next step, which is what page? You can explain your point of view. So after, it kind of follows the principle of seek to understand, then to be understood. Yeah. So then you say, this is how I feel. So that's the part where you're going to say, but but this is where I'm at with this, or this is how I feel about the situation. And I would like to propose something else, or I wanted you to know that this is where I'm coming from, you know? Mm And um, so really that's a model forever for sharing your feelings. Think of the other person, where are they at? What do they think about the situation? How do they feel potentially? Maybe even ask them how they feel if you're not sure, then explain how you feel. Mm -hmm. When you do that, you're probably not going to get yourself in trouble as often. You can still (laughs) blow it. Yeah. There's still times where you can definitely try, but not succeed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because your emotions get the better of you. You really, in order to share your feelings well, you actually need to stay in the prefrontal cortex of your brain, in that thinking part. So if you share how you feel through the thinking part of your brain, everything turns out good. But if you share how you feel through the mid or back part of your brain, which is all the emotional stuff, then what happens is it, it always comes out as an attack usually on somebody else or I'm a victim or um, it, it's something that most people don't want to deal with number one or if they have to deal with it, they're not feeling very charitable towards you because they feel like you're being manipulative and abusive. I mean, and, and it's just, it right. creates a disconnect. And so if you're like, I need to share my feelings, the best thing to do is to get in the front part of your brain. And so I love your story about what you and your husband did. So you were like, okay, we've got to improve some communication things here. Yeah. <laughs> There's some things I need to tell my husband. So I'm going to take a minute and I'm going to write them down. And well, that yeah, way, because I know if I try and do it just off the top of my head, my English and my words are going to get so jumbled. It's not going to make any sense to him. Well, plus you might actually get caught up in the emotional, which is why mm-hmm. the words don't come out right. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's super smart that you said, I don't want to get to that situation where the emotions are there making things messy. So I'm going to write it down. And then I'm going to read it to him or we're going to talk to him. You know, I'll talk to him about it when it's written down. Right. 
So mm-hmm. I think that was super wise because that was basically you getting yourself in front brain to do level three communication, yeah. which is level awesome. three needed to happen, but also the problem solving part of the brain needed to be there as well, not flooded by emotion. Yeah. And so we might think level three is the deepest, but actually level three is not the deepest level of communication. So if we're going to dive all the way deep, then we're going to talk about level four. Level four is the deepest level of communication. And then this is the need level, the level where you can tell someone what you need. And so in your story with your husband, you said, this is how I feel. And you did it in front brain, which was perfect. (laughs) But then your husband, and I love this because, you know, total fix it man here. So, so your husband said, okay, I want to see that letter. Give me my own copy because then I want to come up with what, cause I know now what you're sharing with me is a need. You are saying mm-hmm. you have certain needs that you want to make me aware of that I was not recognizing. And I mean, this, how often does this happen in marriage? Like all the time. All the time. Yeah. So you handled it really wisely. And so then, um, so then he then says, okay, well, let's make a plan, right? So then he moves it like from need level to take action level, which is so great because the take action is what happens after need is expressed. Mm -hmm. It's hard to take action after just feelings because, I mean, you could try to guess, but when somebody just says, this is what I need, I need you know, us to communicate like this, or I need to be consulted about this, or I need, you know, whatever it is. And with your children, you can say, I need you to get your chore done by this time. And that's totally fine. You know, and some parents might say, but do you really need it? Yeah, I do. It's okay to need my child to have something done by a certain time. It's okay to tell them that we need things and for, and to teach them to come to us and to say, mom, I need this, I, you know, and to talk to you about what their needs are. Now, could it be that sometimes they say need when it's really like just a hope, a desire, a want a, for <laughs> yes. my birthday, please. You know, I need I'm, this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be phrased wrong, but you can tell when somebody really tells you a need because usually that need is shared in conjunction with facts and feelings. So well, and if, the you're person per- has- if you're perceptive enough, you can see that basic core needs, when they're not being met, they're usually manifest in different feelings, whether, you know, be like fear or anxiety. And those feelings tend to promote unwanted behaviors, especially in children. Mm-hmm. So... Um, well, and then you can, you can go, oh, they need this, mm-hmm. right? So you can, but then the smartest thing you can do is teach them to say, let's talk about this. So we have these five teaching styles in the teaching self-government program. And one of those teaching styles is what we call parent counseling sessions. And in these parent counseling sessions, this is where we take something like one situation, maybe that occurs repeatedly. So maybe a person has these emotional dumps from once, you know, once in a while, or they get fearful or anxiety or something then we're going to have a planning session. We're going to talk about what's going on. So we're going to state the facts. We're going to talk about feelings. And then guess what? We're going to talk about needs. And then once we get to needs, then we can make a plan for what to do about it. So I love that your story, just this simple little, you know, newlywed, hey, let's get on the same page about this. (laughs) 
this simple little thing is really profound because that is exactly how you should plan to solve all of your problems. Um, so we, you know, we got to be careful. If you find yourself staying in level one with everybody, then you know what that probably means is you don't want to show people your deeper levels or you don't know how to get to the deeper level. And then you get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that definitely happens. And you feel like you don't have friends because yeah. if you can't get to a need level with somebody, you don't actually feel like you ever have a good friend. It's true. Or a best friend. So if you can't tell need level to a spouse or to a parent, then you don't have a good relationship. And if you can't tell need, if you don't have a friend that you could say, I need this, can you help me out? I mean, I have some friends, you know, I'm thinking of like one in particular right now where if I said to this friend, I really need your help this is what I need. She'd be like any day of the week, anytime, anyhow, like that's it. <laughs> and then I have, and I have these other friends that are like, Nicolene, this is what you need. And I can tell you, I can tell you need it. And I'm just doing it for you. Yeah. Thank and you. Like, okay. And I mean, that's when you know, you got it close with somebody. And, yeah. so, and I'm so blessed to have friends like that. And I know there's probably going to be some people that listen to this go, Oh man, I don't have anybody like that. <laughs> but then you have, but then you have to ask yourself, but have I gone to that level with them? Yeah. You have to analyze your communication. So like with us, our communication has gone to divorce so many times that that's just normal for us. Yeah. I would just call you. I mean, I I would literally call you up, do one pleasantry and be like, Paige, this is what I need. Oh yeah. We would would skip two and three. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then she'd be like, okay. And so, so if you don't have friends on that level, or if you're not on that level with your children or your spouse or other people you love, your mother, your mother-in-law, your sister's brothers, that kind of thing. You know what you do? You just go there, but you be careful about it. Like don't overdo it. Cause they might freak out. Right. Like it, at first, but the, the, what you do is you just work your way through the levels. Hi, how are you doing? More pleasantries. And then a little bit more facts, stating more facts and then saying, you know, something like, Oh, really? how did you feel about that? Like, how was that for you to have that happen? Let them open up some feelings and then you start sharing your feelings and don't do it in a competitive way. Cause people <laughs> hate it when you're trying to up, you know, one up them with how you felt about something in your life, you know, but like, then you start sharing your feelings a little bit, right? And then maybe after a couple of times of having, having communication on that level, then soon you can say, you know what? Um, I really need to talk to you about something or I really need to tell you that, you know, your, your, your friendship to me or your love to me is so incredibly valuable. And I want you to know you're such a meaningful person in my life. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like my life is enriched and blessed because of you. So that's me saying, I have this deep kind of a feeling about you and, and you actually have fulfilled a need in my life. That's when you, all of a sudden they look at you differently. If they've judged you about something, because people are just like human and do that all the time. If, If they've judged you about something or they've been annoyed with you about something, all of a sudden they're like, Wow they actually think so much of my relationship, I'm going to cut, cut them a little bit more slack, you yeah. know? Level um, four is actually one of my favorite areas to stay in because it's the most meaningful. That's where I take a minute and I'll write, you know, a letter to someone or a card saying how much I appreciate them or everything that they mean to me. And, you know, they'll, they'll call me or text me when they get it. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You know, that actually made my day. And 
really made me so grateful that I have you as a friend. And I, you know, I don't do it to try and just be like, oh yeah, I have so many friends, but I do it because I love them. Mm-hmm. And that's where level four communication resides is in a place of love and you want the best for that other person. And so you're going to do everything you can to have that connection with them. Yeah. It's really about opening your heart to the person. Yeah. It's a state so, of vulnerability, but you're also confident in knowing that this person isn't going to hurt you. Yeah. That they trust you in that minute and you trust them. And, and even if you're not a hundred percent there, if you need that out of that relationship, then sometimes you can go there, you know, delicately, but you can go there and express that deep gratitude that shows that person you need them. That's need level. Mm-hmm. When you get to that deep gratitude that you're sharing like that. I don't like to waste words. And, and truthfully, when I'm with people and all the conversation is about fluff, um, you know, I have it's this, fear, some, it's hard I have to this fear that someone who talks fluff with me is going to hear this and be like, oh, great. <laughs> anyway, but, um, but this is the truth. When I'm with someone and all they talk about is fluff and they can't go to a deep level of communication, I'm done quickly. I'm like, okay, well, that was great. I love a little happy fluff, a little happy, you know, state the facts or a little happy pleasantries. But what I really crave as a person, as a spiritual being, because I know we all have a spiritual nature, as a spiritual being, as a person with a heart, I crave to see the inside of other people's hearts. I crave to connect heart to heart with people. And I'm talking people anywhere. Like sometimes you just meet someone you've never even met them before and they give you a look or something that pierces your heart or, you know, a smile or an expression of gratitude where they allow themselves to go from level one to looking at you and appreciating you and boom, a statement that's like a level three or four statement. And you're like, whoa. You know, and, and that's, that's the zone that heals and helps and lifts and brings so much joy to our lives. So now we got to take this in another angle. Our little ones just need us like crazy, right? Oh yeah. They need us, those little babes, especially little teeny ones. And what do they do when they knew they cry? They need us, mom. <laughs> and, you know, and the anxiety and the emotion, their feelings and their needs are so wrapped together. And what we need to do is we need to say, oh, they need me. I am the one they cry out to. I am the one that has that heart-to-heart connection with them. We need to not think of this as a bad thing. We need to think of it as our greatest honor and duty to be able to love and lift those little ones. So um, remember that because they go straight to need all the time. Oh, they yeah. tell you all their, all the facts, feelings, and needs all wrapped into one. <laughs> that is all, their favorite mode of communication. <laughs> that's what they do. Well, they just don't hold back. They don't see a reason why. It's only when you get older and you get more stingy and more judgmental in your communication that you start not going to a deep level. It's when you start to control and to be controlling. And so that's why when your children hit adolescence and they stop talking to you as much, it's because they're starting to have control over the communication. They're wanting to control it, to see how much they can control. And so you need to teach them about the levels of communication and teach them what good kind of communication that you can have. So we teach in the teaching self-government model about having meetings. We have like family meetings every week and mentor meetings and couples meetings. In these meetings, we should be going to level three and four 
And we, to, of course, always be stating facts. Don't just get wrapped up in all the feelings, but make sure you, you know, put them all together. But, but we should be getting to level four because we should be solving our problems. That's the whole point. When you finally get to level four, you can solve problems. But when, yeah. you, when you just get trapped in level three and just venting feelings, um, well, like I said, if you don't do it well, if you don't stay in the front part of the brain when you're at level three, then you can't ever get to level four. And so we don't want our meetings to be stuck like that, do we? Yeah, and nothing ever gets solved in level three. No, you have to take it to level four to get the, the problem solved. So anyway, those are the four levels of communication. They are vital for a person to solve their problems. They're vital for a family to communicate more effectively. And, and we can see just from Paige's simple story of, you know, how she and her husband decided to, to discuss something they needed to discuss in their relationship that it's not that hard to decide to go there. We just have to decide that it's safe and it's okay. A lot of that comes from, you know, making that safe space, setting it up ahead of time. Oh, you're right. Deciding ahead of time. These are the levels of communication. This is how we want to be able to talk with each other. And these are the skills that we're going to use. We didn't talk a ton about skills today. We talked about disagreeing appropriately. <laughs> That's one of the skills, super powerful one, but there are others, many others. So please learn more about self-government and about the skills you need to be able to discuss with your children, to instruct your children, to have open communicationships with your spouse and other loved ones so that you can meet your needs and help meet their needs too. Thank you so much for joining us on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.